This is Reset. I'm Lisa Labis in for Sasha and Simons. Abortion bans might be the law of the land in some states, but what about the sky? State laws do not govern federal airspace, so some private pilots and hobbyists are volunteering their time to fly patients across state borders. Joining us to discuss her reporting for WBEZ is Ellie Fishman, a freelance journalist and author of the book entitled Refugee High, Coming of Age in America. Welcome to Reset, Ellie. Hi, thanks for having me. Also with us is Mike, the pilot who founded the Illinois nonprofit called Elevated Access, and we're using just his first name for personal safety reasons. Hi, Mike. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. All right, Ellie, let's start with you. How did you come across this story? So it was um, about two months ago, and I was working on a story about abortion access in Wisconsin, actually, where an 1849 law now is the law of the land banning all abortion except in the case of saving the life of the mother. And I was speaking with Addison Dreit, who works with the Midwestern Access Coalition, which is an abortion fund that helps women get access to abortion when it's still legal and also pay for things like gas and childcare and a hotel stay if necessary. And she told me that she had just started working with a new group called Elevated Access, which was actually a group of volunteer pilots. And I thought, oh, wow, that sounds like a really interesting story and something I want to learn more about. And So I did a little more digging. All right. So, Mike, I'd love to hear the origin story. Where did the idea for Elevated Access come from? Yeah, so Elevated Access uh, really originated from my interest in trying to find a way that I, as a pilot, could work on some of the social justice issues facing our country. And it wasn't until I was in an anti-racism workshop, uh, which was a group of white people, studying privilege and and uh, how white supremacy is baked into a lot of American society that I learned about how a lot of the uh, access to abortion, uh, a lot of limitations, a lot of legal, uh, the legal things that were being passed, but also just how hard it is for people of color to access health care in general, but especially health care, like, well, this might be it. And so, um, like Ellie was talking about Midwest Access Coalition, I didn't want to just jump into that work. And so I spent a year volunteering with them. Uh, doing IT work, but also learning about the abortion access movement and how to, how potentially pilots could help with them. And it was, really came to a head last fall when I took their executive director and another one of their volunteers for a flight because they'd never been on a small airplane like like the kind of planes that we use. And they were blown away just about how convenient it was, how comfortable it was, how safe it was. There's no TSA, there's no baggage check, there's no tickets. There's really, it's just the pilot and the passengers meeting up and and going out to the airplane to fly. All right. And then you head to wherever they need to go. How do you determine where they're going? So we work uh, by referral only. And part of that is because we don't have the expertise on like the ground side of the operations. And so our partner organizations might like Midwest Access Coalition, um, like um, other organizations throughout the country, uh, they refer their clients, call them for travel assistance. Uh, they refer those clients to us, and then we go through our pilot roster to find a pilot that is near that person, either where they are coming from or where they're going to, and then basically does that flight for them for free. The pilot pays for all the expenses. 
because if the pilot doesn't pay for all the expenses, it starts getting into other parts of the FAA regulations and it's no longer uh, something that we can do. Uh, ah, and I, so we all volunteer. Okay. And just to be clear, we are talking small planes. Yeah, pretty much all of our pilots uh, fly single-engine propeller-driven airplanes, but we do have some pilots that have had successful careers in their lives and have business jet-type jets. Uh, they're obviously a lot more rare, but most of our pilots are flying single-seat air or single-engine airplanes with four seats. That they own themselves? Yep, they either own themselves or they're a flying club or they rent one. It really just depends, but they have to make all those arrangements. That's that's their part of the equation. Okay. Ellie, you recently got to uh, fly on one of these planes. What was that like? I did. Well, I had never been on a plane that small. It's like a four-seater. And we showed up at the airport, and like Mike mentioned, there's no security. We just put the car, the photographer and I, and basically got right on board and um it was amazing i had never flown at that height so it was about 1800 feet and um just seeing chicagoland from that vantage point was pretty special and pretty incredible and also felt um it felt like a really unique situation that both is it's so amazing that it exists, but it's also so heartbreaking that it has to exist, that imagining mm-hmm. myself as somebody taking one of these flights, that you would need to go to these lengths to access reproductive care and um, access abortion. So it was a mix of emotions for me being being on that plane. And, and Mike, from a legal standpoint, why, how, how is flying people across state borders different from just driving across a border. I mean, that it seems pretty easy, but there, there's more to it. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly, you know, some you know, so airspace when it comes to uh, U.S. law. You are airborne. The only law that applies is federal law. Uh, that's because of the Supremacy Clause of the Constitution and, and Congress has passed laws many years ago that says the FAA has jurisdiction over airspace. And so from that perspective, it's different, but also you know, it's really not a lot different from just driving. It's just a lot faster. So, you know, when you go for a drive in your car, you don't have to tell anybody who's in your car or where you're going or why you're going with our kind of flying. It's the exact same way. I'm sure people know that our airplane is airborne uh, that one of our pilots is using, uh, but they don't know the purpose of that flight. It could be just somebody going out for a weekend getaway. It could be somebody um, going to get some lunch. It could be somebody that is uh, traveling with us to access abortion or gender affirming care. And so it's it's really uh, as convenient and private as driving a car. Okay, and, and how do you recruit and, and vet your volunteer pilots? Yep. So it's been pretty incredible. We started out uh, with myself, uh, another silent founder and a third pilot back in the beginning of May. And when the draft opinion leaked, I asked uh, at a TikToker, TikToker ally of ours by the name of Cheese Pilot, if he would share our story to try to help us recruit some more pilots. And his content went extremely viral. And uh, as of last week, we've passed 1,000 interested pilots. And they come from social media. They come from our media coverage. They come from word of mouth between pilots, you know, telling their friends and, and other people in their flying clubs about us. Um, it's really been incredible. And, and to, you know, Ellie's point, it is a travesty that we need to exist at all. But I will say 
it is inspiring to know that there are this many people out here willing to try to help and put a lot of their own time and money uh, to, to get that help. Okay. Uh, Ellie, one of the legal experts you interviewed described this work as a, a calculated risk, and that's a quote. What, what kind of risks were we talking about? So in places like Texas, where SB8 is um, a law, and SB8 invites lawsuits against anyone who aids and abets an abortion, so that means residents of Texas can sue someone who helps a Texan get an abortion. Um, that kind of law opens up the door for possibly bringing a lawsuit against someone even who is not a Texas resident um, who helps a Texan get an abortion outside the state of Texas. So that... that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that um, there are kind of rumblings of similar types of laws in places like Missouri and North Dakota that will probably be introduced in state legislators this coming winter. And that means flying with elevated access comes with some amount of risk. But Mm -hmm. that same expert also says, you know, nothing happens without people who are willing to take risks. And, And Mike, you share these concerns then? Uh, so, you know, from the legal opinions that, that we've gotten is that the um, what the SBA, as an example, or really any of these states, no state yet has passed something that would technically cover the work that we're doing because they only cover abortions that happen in their states. And so we aren't, say, transporting somebody within Texas to somewhere else within Texas. Um, and so at the same time, we fully expect one of these states to pass those, you know, some laws at this some point, but also in the end, you know, we all know how our um, uh, easy kind of society works is that just because you think you're doing something legal doesn't, isn't going to prevent somebody trying to pursue one of these bounties or from a DA, you know, being over aggressive. And so we're adding some additional protections into our process that include, we don't ask the purpose of somebody's travel. So it's really not any different than an Uber coming to pick you up or a Lyft, you know, that, that pilot doesn't know why you're uh, the purpose of somebody's journey. Right, right. And and I know you're using just your first name, but how are you working to separate your access, elevated access activities from your personal and family life? So, you know, we've had, I won't go into too much details just because I don't want sure. to share some of the security measures, but the, you know, we've done things like added more security cameras to our home and, and things like that, because, you know, this is certainly a space um, you know, some of our, our early media allies that were in the same stories as us that use their real name, they got death threats and, and other things sent to their homes. And, and certainly we don't want to be in that space sure. both for us, for ourselves, but also you know, we don't put any passengers at risk either. Okay. You're listening to Reset. I'm Lisa Labas in for Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking about Elevated Access, a new Illinois nonprofit that connects volunteer pilots with people who need to travel to another state to get abortion care. We're speaking with freelance journalist Ellie Fishman and Elevated Access founder Mike. So, Mike, tell us a little more about this experience. Uh, you don't necessarily know the story or have the, f- the fulfillment of connecting with that person. You mentioned you just it's sort of like an Uber. You don't really ask why or where, but you still do volunteer your time. What is it like to help people access abortion care across state lines? 
Yeah, so I've actually had uh, an opportunity to buy people and, you know, certainly I don't, you know, it's not part of the profile that we get in terms of, you know, the, again, the purpose of their travel, but, you know, you kind of can make, you know, start making assumptions if you want to make assumptions. And I actually recently flew this couple from the deep South to Illinois, and it would have been a seven hour, at least a seven hour drive for them. Uh, for flying, it was about an hour and a half for me to fly them from where they were to Illinois. And, uh, and part of the reason they were referred to us is because they couldn't actually find a rental car in their town to be available because their car wasn't reliable enough to make that drive. And so, you know, what was really, it's been interesting to get people's experiences uh, flying with us, uh, whether it be personally or with other pilots, is that they expect it to be somewhat like an airline experience, but <laughs> they were asleep within five minutes of leaving the ground. Like it was completely smooth and a really comfortable flight and and they said even like they didn't feel like landing like an airliner uh when we got back and just you know the the words that she shared with me after we got back uh taking them back home were just you know it was life-saving for for her and life-changing and she felt completely blessed to have that opportunity because even you know whether it be driving or whether it be airlines as an option all the other options would have taken uh, probably another day and a half or two days of travel. And if you've already got kids or you have a job or both, you know, that's not an easy trip to make by any means. And, right. and it's not simple as just resisting the oppression, uh, so to speak, but it is about helping people get the health care they need and move on with their lives. Okay. Uh, Ellie, let's talk a little bit about the cost on this pro- uh, project. I know, you know, filling up my gas tank is costing a lot of money these days. So flying, that's got to receive, uh, that's got to be a, a lot of, a lot of more dollars. That's going to be pricier for sure. Yeah. So as far as I know, I mean, when this, when I was working on this story, tanks of gas for one of these small single propeller planes was $7 a gallon. And in the case of the pilot who's featured in the piece, he spent upwards of $1,000 on the trip he flew for elevated access. And he's a high school teacher by day. So you can imagine that that's no small cost. And it's really, um, it's mission driven for pilots flying for elevated access. I mean, it's pretty incredible that not only are they offering their planes and their time, but also taking on this expense themselves is is really remarkable. So, and Mike, I just want to ask you our last question. What what goals do you have for the future of elevated access? So, well, probably the first primary goal would be that we don't exist. Um, hopefully we can get uh, health care fixed in our country, but not expecting that to happen quickly. We're working towards having uh, 1,000 pilots fully onboarded and embedded into our system, being able to do flights, and um, at a pace of over 100 flights per month. Uh, we're still growing into that space, uh, and so we're we're working towards that. But one of the first steps of that is we're hiring our second full-time position. Um, I did not plan to be doing this full-time, but that's where we are now because the scale of this work. And so uh, we're going to be hiring a flight coordinator to help with our flight coordination. And part of that role, too, will include We've been recently approved by the FAA to do fuel reimbursements for some of our pilots. And so a lot of the donations we've been setting aside with the expectation we would get approved for that. And so we'll be able to, uh, like in the pilot's case that LA was talking about, um, 
not sure whether he individually was qualified, but for our qualified pilots, they would be able to get their fuel costs reimbursed, which right. uh, makes a big difference for somebody that maybe has more time and not as much money. Okay. We'll have to leave it there. That's Mike, the founder of Elevated Access, an Illinois nonprofit. And we also spoke with freelance journalist Ellie Fishman. Thank you so much, both.